Get a balanced analysis on both domestic and international topics within the framework of cross-cultural comparisons. This is Dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative and also the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. What has been achieved over the past decade? How significant is the economic corridor to Pakistan and also the region? And how will the project further expand and China's continuing modernization? To find out more, I'm glad to be joined by Aksan Iqbal, former Federal Minister for Planning and Development of Pakistan and also co-chair of the Joint Cooperation Committee of the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. That's our topic. I'm Xu Qinduo. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, you were the Minister uh, for Pakistan for Planning and the Special Initiatives, you know, deeply involved in the uh, CPAC, the flagship project of uh, BRI. Tell us your understanding of a BRI. What is the BRI? It is about connectivity, it's about, uh, you know, infrastructure projects. So, uh, what is the essence? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I would like to compliment uh, President Xi Jinping for presenting a very transformational idea of Belt and Road Initiative. As you know, that Belt and Road Initiative is the 21st century uh, silk route that connects countries, not just in Asia, Europe, but also through its maritime route, it connects Africa and other continents. Uh, connectivity has been the most important pillar of human uh, civilization for economic and social development through connectivity. Ideas have traveled through connectivity, goods and trade has taken place. Belt and Road Initiative, I think, has come at a time when global economy was suffering from major crisis and slowdown. Uh, through Belt and Road Initiative, the investments that have uh, taken place, uh, these investments have created new opportunities in many developing countries. Uh, through connectivity, new markets are being formed. And when you have new markets, you have more demand. And that is a catalyst for growth. So not just connectivity brings new demand, it also connects those areas and regions which have remained underdeveloped for lack of connectivity. So uh, Belt and Road Initiative to me is not just a project involving uh, infrastructure. It is not just a project involving some energy projects, but it has a very socio-economic transformational impact uh, through which we have seen lives of millions of people being transformed. So in Pakistan, when we started China-Pakistan Economic Corridor in 2013, Pakistan was suffering from major energy crisis. We had power shortages for 16 to 18 hours per day. Uh, we had major infrastructural bottlenecks with very poor physical infrastructure. And because of lack of electricity, energy uh, was not there and industrial and agricultural production was suffering, which meant there was more unemployment, which was mm -hmm. a leader uh, for contributor towards more poverty. So through China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, in three years, more than $25 billion of investment came into Pakistan. 
that made uh, our infrastructure modern it created new roads to connect many regions which were not uh, very developed in the past it provided more than 8000 megawatts of new power that helped us overcome the power shortages that we were facing so as we had energy in the economy our agriculture output also improved our industrial output also improved which brought more employment for thousands and thousands of uh, young people and it also helped them come out of poverty so it has had a very transformational impact in pakistan mm -hmm. well you we talked about uh, you know the cpac uh, you know the importance uh, of cpac to pakistan uh, so i mean in the bri the initiative uh, is uh, quite inclusive. It's not only about the connectivity, as you said, it's also about human uh, development. Uh, and it, you know, for Pakistan, there's also a free zone, uh, Gwadar free zone. It's about industrial development, industrial growth, um, aiming for, I mean, future uh, plan of the country. Uh, not only uh, there is a free zone in Gwadar, but under Belt and Road Initiatives, flagship project, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, we have identified nine special economic zones in pakistan uh, which are located in different regions of pakistan so that all regions are uh, partaking part and taking benefit from china pakistan economic corridor which is another indicator that it is a very inclusive project it does not leave anyone behind so through these nine economic uh, zones uh, we are attracting those investments from china which are relocating uh, to other countries because the labor cost in china has increased uh, by relocating to countries or uh, destinations where cost of production is low they can still keep their global competitiveness to export more and we are now working with china to set up industries in these special economic zones through which both Pakistan and China can work together and export to third countries. So Gawadar economic zone is uh, developing very fast, but in addition to that, nine more economic zones are being developed in Pakistan, in which we hope that investment that will come from China will help us in do industrialization. That will be a major contributor towards structural transformation of the economy, it will create more jobs and most importantly, Pakistan needs to improve its export performance. And we hope that with the Chinese technology, investment, know-how and their access to global supply chains, we will be able to improve our exports as well. Mm, export as well. Uh, Minister, you earlier mentioned about this energy shortage problem, you know, uh, faced by your country. What is the situation now, you know, with uh, the building, the construction we know of, uh, you know, firepower plants as well as hydropower uh, plants? Uh, so is the situation, um, how has it improved for the people and for the yeah. business? In 2013, uh, we had 16 to 18 hours of power shortages. But with the 8,000 megawatts under CPAC, and another 3,200 megawatts, which government of Pakistan did on its own, we were able to add 11, more than 11,000 megawatts of new power generation in five years from 2013 to 2018. So by 2018, there was zero power shortage in Pakistan. We had enough power 
to uh, produce for our needs. So CPAC was instrumental in solving the energy problem that Pakistan faced. It was uh, critical. It provided critical investment to help Pakistan overcome its power uh, shortages. But another important element of investments in energy sector is that there was a very balanced portfolio that was uh, developed under CPAC. Uh, there are hydro projects that are underway. Hydro projects take six to eight years for completion because these are big 700 to 900 megawatt projects uh, that require six to eight hours, uh, six to eight years for completion. And Pakistan needed energy very fast because, as you know, I mentioned, 16 to 18 hours, we had no power. So for that, we targeted coal-based power plants, uh, which could be done in two years. Uh, not only that we set up uh, coal-imported uh, power plants, but Pakistan was sitting with a huge coal reserve, which is good for 400 years. If we produce 10,000 megawatts of power every year, this reserve of coal in third Sindh province is good to provide power for 400 years. We could not develop it because Pakistan lacked the financing and Pakistan lacked the technology. So under CPAC, we were able to attract Chinese investment and technology. And today that area, which was very underdeveloped area, has become a developed area. Billions of dollars of investments have gone there. And we are producing the cheapest electricity from the Thar coal. And for the coal plants, we made sure that every plant provided certification from Environment Protection Agency. So CPAC investments were also green investments that they ensured that we are able to preserve the environment and the emissions are under control. And most of these plants were based on supercritical technology, which is a very superior technology for efficient use of coal to not pollute the environment. Similarly, we had hundreds of millions of investment uh, and you know many hundreds of megawatts uh, for renewable energy, solar energy, as well as wind energy. So CPAC has provided Pakistan a very balanced portfolio from renewables to coal to hydel. And as a result, Pakistan today uh, is uh, self-sufficient in power generation. Our big challenge now is to see how we can move next uh, in the next phase from uh, fossil fuel or the imported fuel to solar energy, which is more indigenous. Uh, now, government of Pakistan has started an initiative for 10,000 megawatt solar energy. Mm -hmm. So in the next phase of uh, CPAC, we are hoping that we will target green energy and we will be promoting solar investments in Pakistan in large scale. You know, the potential of uh, having this region, uh, you know, of uh, 300 million people uh, becoming a regional, you know, economic network of strong growth. Uh, is that what you mean? You know, recently you talked about uh, CPAC as a game changer I think, for Pakistan and for this region. I think the future of uh, economic development lies in regional cooperation. And as we see that the world is also coming 
more and more networked and integrated. There is a need for greater collaboration rather than polarization or conflicts. So if we can create connectivity uh, in this part of the world, as I said, South Asia, China, Central Asia, and Middle East has more than 3 billion people living in this region. So we can create an economic market, uh, economic network for trade, for commerce, for uh, collaboration in agriculture, in industry, in service sector, in technology. And this can be a huge benefit for the people living in this region. Uh, therefore, I think CPAC and BRI are uh, programs of future and they are programs for the future of 3 billion people who can realize the dream of shared prosperity of uh, humanity coming together to eliminate poverty, to eliminate unemployment by working together through collaboration of uh, creating this network of uh, projects and uh, different uh, infrastructure projects to connect these economic markets and also people-to-people -people contact that will take place under the umbrella of Belt and Road Initiative. The Chinese uh, um, new uh, proposals for the next stage of CPAC, you know, very ambitious uh, uh, visions for the, you know, in five uh, aspects about the corridors. Uh, what, what, you know, if you think about it, you know, it's very encouraging, uh, but what does that mean? What does it require for Pakistan, like for the young population to prepare in order to make good use of this opportunity, either investment from China or investment from Saudi Arabia or other countries uh, to uh, spur the growth of this, uh, of Pakistan? I think in Pakistan, we have to focus uh, first and foremost on ensuring uh, an environment of uh, peace, uh, stability and continuity of policies. We have a very young population and this young population is now getting education and skills in information technology and in other skills that are relevant to future uh, uh, economy. Uh, this human resource provides a very uh, economical human resource for uh, in the investments in industry and in technology sector particularly. So, Government of Pakistan has launched a very ambitious program of five E's, uh, which will stabilize Pakistan's economy. Uh, Pakistan in past few years uh, faced some challenges due to the pandemic, uh, Ukraine war, and some economic policies of the previous government uh, that was uh, uh, in government, uh, which uh, did not continue the policies from the past, but now, we have restored uh, the confidence of the business community. We are following the policies uh, initiated in 2013 with full force and vigor. We have completed the unfinished uh, projects. So we think that now Pakistan needs to have a, a 5 e framework for its future. And government of Pakistan in uh, 2023, uh, uh, August, launched a major 5 e initiative that focuses on developing export potential of Pakistan that focuses on developing e-Pakistan, which is the IT potential of Pakistan by improving the infrastructure and giving skills to our youth for IT economy. Three, uh, environment. Uh, we face water and food security challenges because we are the most vulnerable country on climate change. Last year, Pakistan suffered 
from a major climate disaster, which uh, cost it uh, more than $31 billion in damages and in losses. So we are now focusing on uh, a new green revolution, green revolution 2.0, to upgrade our agriculture production with investments in modern ways of farming, in investments in new seeds, which are weather resistant and which can endure the challenges of climate change. Uh, similarly, how to conserve water, because we will be, again, water-stressed country in future because of the climate change. So that is a, another area where we are focusing. The fourth area is energy sector, which is very critical for our economy. And we are, as I mentioned before, uh, investing in renewable energies to lessen and eliminate our dependence on imported fuel. Uh, we will rely more on the solar energy and simultaneously we are working for improving efficiency and affordability of power and energy in Pakistan. Fifth area relates to equity and empowerment. Uh, we are also targeting the underdeveloped areas with accelerated development. Now government has started a program for the 20 poorest districts of Pakistan and we have a plan to bring them at par on national average in next five to seven years. Uh, similarly, we are targeting empowerment of women and youth in the economy. Uh, no economy can improve unless more than 50% of its female are working in the economy. So we have, again, uh, we are working on uh, plans to uh, empower women and youth for the future economy. So government of Pakistan has an ambitious 5E framework and we feel that CPAC and BRI, and particularly Global Development Initiative of President Xi, uh, these provide a perfect fit. Uh, this is our own uh, need and requirement to benefit from Belt and Road Initiative and Global Development Initiative. And I would also like to say that this is something which comes from the value of sharing. I think what we really complement and appreciate is that China, while it is achieving prosperity for its people, also wants to share its experiences, its benefits uh, with other people so that they also develop along with China. So this spirit and uh, this collaboration for shared prosperity is really commendable and very visionary. And I would like to compliment President Xi Jinping and Chinese leadership for having such a transformational vision. Minister, you earlier talked about, uh, you know, uh, there are nine free zones in Pakistan. I wonder how are they uh, attracting foreign direct investment right now? I think we need uh, now, uh, we will have elections in the country in uh, month of January. And we are hopeful after we return back to government and there is a stable government, the government will actively promote foreign direct investment. Uh, what our government, uh, before completing its term, did was we set up a special investment facilitation uh, council, SIFC. Now, this SIFC is a one-step solution for all the foreign direct investments. In the past, we used to hear complaints from the foreign investors that they used to uh, suffer red tape at the hands of the bureaucrats. So this SIFC brings all the government agencies, all the government uh, branches, whether federal or provincial, whether civil or military, under one roof. 
So every foreign direct investment will have all the solution at one place under one roof. And this will also not only provide them uh, easy entry into markets, but also be responsible to making sure that our foreign direct investments are uh, protected and our investors do not face any problems at the hands of any government department or any uh, government branch. So this SIFC is a very uh, new uh, initiative that government of Pakistan has undertaken. And we hope that it will encourage foreign investors to come to Pakistan. Why? Because Pakistan is uh, the fifth biggest population in the world. With 240 million people, it is the fifth largest market in the world. It has 60 to 80 million people of middle class range. So it is much bigger in size than many European countries uh, with their GDPs. The 60 to 80 million middle class is a very sizable market. Then, as I said, Pakistan is very strategically located. It has a very well-developed financial sector. It has a very well-developed technology sector. And it has a very good, well-trained human resource. So these are all the attractions that no major foreign investor or multinational kind of company that looks at the global market can ever afford to ignore. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Minister, let's take a look at another issue. Of course, you know, we heard of the rumors, you know, basically, I, I think people understand that uh, the rumors basically to tarnish or, you know, demonize the BRI uh, because of geopolitical tensions. Uh, but, but there's a, you know, for some countries like, uh, like, like Pakistan, you know, there's a, there's a debt issue. Uh, you know, um, the debt, for example, reconstruction, uh, restructure, um, you know, with IMF negotiation and also the Chinese side. So what is the situation now and what's the best way to deal with that? We understand that, yeah. you know, uh, the, 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 uh, obviously the virus over the past three years, you know, the pandemic and also interest increase, for example, in the U.S. Uh, yes, and make, they are making the situation more challenging for a lot of countries. Well, you see, the problems that Pakistan faced were not because of CPAC. Uh, rather, they were the result because the previous government, which came after 2018, did not promote CPAC enough. I think if they had promoted CPAC enough, we would have seen a lot of progress in industrial cooperation. So slow progress on CPAC actually contributed towards slowing down of economy. Uh, then we had pandemic and also Ukraine war has compounded the difficulties of countries like Pakistan with very high prices of commodities and particularly oil prices going very high, gas prices going very high. So all they have uh, created problems for Pakistan's economy. None of these problems has anything to do with CPAC or BRI because uh, most of the investments that came to Pakistan under CPAC were at very concessional rate. So Pakistan has no debt burden of CPAC. I want to be very categorically clear on that. And I want to deny that Pakistan suffers any debt problem because of CPAC. Rather, CPAC has helped Pakistan uh, get investments at very attractive terms to upgrade its infrastructure and to meet its energy needs. Uh, to overcome the energy deficit that we were having. So Pakistan looks forward to uh, now new projects to start after we have elections in January, new government will be there. 
And with that, I think we will be seeing a lot of new activity in the phase second of uh, CPAC. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Minister, as we talked about, you know, China sharing experience or its development path, uh, we are having this third Belt and Road Forum on, you know, for international cooperation. Uh, so what's to expect for this big gathering? Yeah, I think uh, this is a very welcome event that is happening at a very big historic milestone of completion of 10 years. And as I said, under Belt and Road Initiative, Pakistan is very proud to present China-Pakistan Economic Corridor as a flagship project of Belt and Road Initiative. And we are uh, uh, offering uh, lessons that we have learned in the success of CPAC with other BRI member countries. And now we look forward to the second phase of BRI and uh, CPAC, uh, which will uh, bring more collaboration in areas of agriculture, in areas of socioeconomic development, in areas of information technology. Uh, digital technology is an area in which China has developed leadership. And many developing countries have to learn from uh, the applications of digital technology from China. That is another area where we can learn. And similarly, countries like Pakistan and many developing countries uh, can learn how China was able to transform its rural economy, how China was able to root out poverty for millions of people uh, from China. So that will be a big uh, source of help and support to these countries. So I think uh, there should be some mechanism now set up through which we can have more sharing of knowledge and sharing of uh, ideas uh, among the BRI member countries so that they can learn from each other's experiences and they can share their experiences with other countries. So this knowledge sharing can be, I think, very important tool. Thank you, Minister. Thank you for speaking with us. With that, we come to the end of today's show. Many thanks to our guest, Minister Igba. You can also find us on the CGTN app on YouTube. I'm Xu Qinduo. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa Talk. Find us on your favorite podcast. We'll see you there. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world.